Welcome to the Roll Bama Roll Podcast. I'm Wesley Gullett. As always, I'll be joined by Brad Canning. Brad, a lot happening right now. 2021 already, it already feels like an alternate universe. A wide receiver, Devontae Smith, was just announced as the Heisman winner. Then about an hour later, like literally one hour after that announcement, the Alabama basketball team beat Florida to move to 3-0 in conference play and, listen closely, take sole possession of first place in the SEC, worse times have been had than what we experienced on Tuesday night. Yeah, in a way, though, I'm screaming internally and not for the right reasons. It's just such uncharted waters right now. You know, like it's our pets' heads are falling off, but they're not because this is not supposed to be this way, and I'm glad it is. But uh, you, you said it best. It's happening, and I feel like it's Michael Scott. Oh, my God, it's happening. Okay, let's do it, you know, because it's finally here at once. It's awesome. Yeah, well, let's start with the Heisman Trophy. Three receivers in the history of college football had won the Heisman before Tuesday night. It is now four. And the most deserving of the winners in the last decade minimum, so. Yes, finally. That, look, the Heisman Trophy, 100% geared towards quarterbacks that is a fact it's not a quarterback only award but it's it feels that way in a lot of seasons it feels like it's a quarterback only award Alabama has now had two running backs and a wide receiver win the Heisman Trophy in the Saban era like I know sometimes we we take a lot of of what what's happening in the Saban era for granted but to have three non-quarterbacks win in an 11-year time span that's it's hard to process. You have two quarterbacks be runners up, both AJ and Tua. Yes, and I, I mean that's just wild. For, but for a guy that only does defense, yeah, right. For a defensive-minded head coach, <laughs> uh, like Devontae Smith, certainly deserved it. I, and I'm probably being a little bit dramatic here, but I went into that ceremony thinking that the Heisman would lose some of its luster. Like, it'd be knocked down a notch for me if anyone not named Devontae Smith won that award. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad there was enough time due to COVID for people to reflect inwards, to have a vote, and ask themselves what the hell they're doing if they're not voting him number one. Of course, Trevor Lawrence came in second. Not too happy about that. I feel like Matt Jones. Well, actually, him coming in second, it's fitting because he's the second best Clemson quarterback this decade. Shout out to Alex (laughs) Brim because he was right on that take. I'll stand for Deshaun. He might be the the media poster child Trevor is, but no, he's not even the best Clemson quarterback under Dabo. Moving on. I, I don't know what happened to Alabama's basketball team after the Western Kentucky loss, but John Petty and James Rojas were both suspended. Uh, after that game, they came back for the start of conference play. And all this team has done since then is go 3-0. and They beat Ole Miss, who is considered one of the best defensive teams in the country. They went on the road. They beat a top-10 Tennessee team, who might be the best defensive team in the country. Then they beat a 5-1 and Florida team by 15 to take sole possession of first place in the SEC. What is happening? Uh, again, like you said, we don't know necessarily what went down after that loss. I just hope it's planned to happen a couple more times throughout the season. <laughs> yeah. Suspend Petty like every, 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 every other week or so. Just give him I mean, one seriously. <laughs> uh, I don't even know who this team yeah. is anymore. No, seriously. Identity theft is not a joke, but I'm glad <laughs> they have stolen whatever identity they have right now. Look, 
if they play with the effort that we've seen in conference play, their floor is very high, and their ceiling their ceiling is a high seed in the tournament at this point. They're, and that's yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say that's what we've been talking about ever since you know what this spring going into summer when we've already started trying to preview recruiting class that they ended up signing and everything. Mm-hmm. You you have now more than ever something not named Kentucky with this potential and this development and this opportunity to succeed. And it's so crazy, though, to see it actually come to fruition because there's so many times we wanted things to happen and they could have happened, but they haven't, and here we are. Exactly. There were some disappointing moments in the out-of-conference schedule. The loss to Stanford, Stanford's good. They have one of the best freshmen in the country. The way they played in that game, though, the way they lost was disappointing. Uh, The Clemson game, although the final score was close, it really never felt like they were going to win that game. And then the Western Kentucky game was just uh, – they, yeah. the they have one of the better players in the country, too, on their team. And I just had a feeling going into that game that they were going to lose. And yeah. they did, obviously. But yeah. I don't know. This team this, – they're like, kind of like you said, they're becoming exactly who we thought they could be before the season began. And I hope and I pray that this is not fool's gold, but it doesn't feel like it right now. That's the one narrative they have left, the one stigma that they've developed over this decade. They is in the program and what it was that they have to get past, and that's leading into March because historically we love to fall on our face going into March. Yes, and what happened? What happened to start? They beat Ole Miss. They go on the road. They beat Tennessee. They have a game against Florida on Tuesday. Both of those teams are 2-0 in conference. The winner of that game takes first place in the SEC early. I know it's early, but still takes first place in the SEC. Traditionally, Alabama loses that game. I, like I even text one of my friends who who bets on college basketball, and I'm like, look, a <laughs> hundred times out of a hundred, Alabama basketball loses this game. This is just a game they lose. Yeah. And then before the game starts, they announce that Javon Quinterly is out. He's not playing on Tuesday. He's averaging 17 points a game. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're toast. They're done. What do they do? They turn around, they win by 15. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I really don't. Maybe, maybe this team is different. Maybe this is actually the team that, that we thought they were going to be before the season started. And I cannot, I could not be more excited. Maybe I'm about to get knocked off my pedestal in the next (laughs) week or two. I don't know. Anything is possible with this program. Trust me, they could lose the next 10 games straight. Well, maybe what, Maybe you just need that adjustment of what happened after that loss to Western Carolina. That needs to happen to you, too. Get your mind right. Here we go. Let's move forward. We're good. Yeah. Uh, but, no, I mean, dude, the voice in the back of your head, that's the thing you can't freaking let go because you just feel like you know what's going to happen because every time you knew it wasn't going to happen, it happened. Yep. So, once they work. get it's like past work. that, we're good. And I don't care how early it is in conference play. First place is first MF place. And at yep. the end of the day, if it's that easy to do, everyone be doing it. Yep. And, look, we'll, we'll get into more detail with the basketball team after, after football season and once they get into the heart of the schedule uh, as well. But I did not want to go tonight without mentioning them because they deserve to be mentioned. That's off to all of them. Yes. All right. The thing that we all feared could happen, Brad, <laughs> has happened. <laughs> Texas fired Tom Herman. They immediately hire Alabama offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian. What is this emotion? Brett, have you ever felt happy for someone but also sad for yourself at the same time? Because that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. 
How long has it been since Kiffin left? Yeah, ever, ever since uh, the lane train left, yeah. You know, I, I had my heart broke. But uh, I'm going to tell you, props to Texas. They finally, for the first time, at least did something that made sense for a program of their statue. They swooped in a week after just saying vote of confidence, which is, hey, take this arrow in the back, Tom Herman. Uh, but I, I didn't expect it. I don't know about you, but it was kind of off the radar. Everyone was cool. They just thought, you know, Herman's going to get another year. Yeah. And here we go. And we knew. We've talked about it. We knew, you know, Sark may get some opportunities. He interviewed at Auburn. Thank God. Same thing with Kirby Smart, you know, back in the day. He didn't want to deal with that mess. I didn't expect Texas, but I think it's a hell of a job. And I think that Steve Sarkeesian's in a place in his career where the second time we hired him, maybe we shouldn't have focused on the past as much as what we did. We learned our mistake there. Uh, but I really think that Steve Sarkeesian of now versus Steve Sarkeesian of four years ago, not even the same person. And if you don't want this man and how he's been recruiting, what he's learned under in the offense he is running, at your school, buddy, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what else you're going to get. Look, I mean, yeah, and if you're an offensive coordinator, you can't turn down Texas. You can't turn down that job. That's no. just not an opportunity that many people, especially an assistant coach in college football, can turn down to be the head coach there. That's That job is a top five net worth every year. It's a profitable school in the top five of all colleges every single year, even though they never get back. So kind of like, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. Well, kind of, kind of like you were saying, there were a lot of people, including me, honestly, who, who didn't necessarily love the Steve Sarkeesian hire. I, th I think we've talked about this before. I can't remember, but there was, yes, no, yeah. there was a, a negative reaction overall when Alabama announced Sark as the offensive coordinator, he was thrown into a bad situation when, when Lane Kiffin left during the 16 playoffs. Yep. He stepped in. He called plays for the national championship. He had a true freshman at quarterback. They lost. And that game really kind of left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. Then he, he kind of had some struggles early with the Falcons, where the Falcons offense had trouble getting Julio the ball in, in the end zone. That drew a whole lot of criticism from Falcons fans. But they actually ended up having one of the better offenses in the NFL by the end of his his time in Atlanta. So the hire drew criticism and all Steve Sarkeesian did was come in. He dominated. And now he's leaving having a Heisman winner at wide receiver and three of the top five in Heisman voting on the same offense. So, I, I just, what do you say? It, it's crazy. Yeah. When you take that trip down memory lane, it, it's crazy. And it, it's also crazy too, because what did we do? What did a lot of people do? What the F are you doing? Yeah. bringing this guy back yep how many more times are we gonna do that <laughs> zero for me that's all that yeah that number we got we got to take moments like this right now in bottle it up and remember that when maybe adam gase is hired because i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna pop that bottle right back open what the f are you doing well i, I guess i have to i have to go back to kiffin back to other than only one there's only one doug nussmeyer <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I will never not let him live it down. Yeah, but, but they did win a national championship. They did win a national championship. So, what can you say? But I mean, at the end of the day, uh, and also I do find it funny. Uh, shout out to uh, what's his name, Chip. Uh, God, Chip, he's Chip the twenty fourth. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Finally, Texas did hire a coach from Alabama. <laughs> he got it right. This go round. Yep. Uh, well, so 
Sark is apparently targeting some coaches on Alabama staff. Uh, everybody, everybody. Everybody. Yes. Yes. The uh, Alabama O-line coach, Kyle Flood, he's targeting him as his offensive coordinator. He's targeting Alabama wide receiver coach, Holman Wiggins, for the same spot at Texas. And also tight ends and special teams coach, Jeff Banks, for the same position. Pro Football Focus reported that Jeff Banks is staying at Alabama. And here is why that matters. I'm sure a lot of you already know this, but mm, – yeah. Jeff Banks is Alabama's area recruiter for the state of Texas. Alabama this cycle <laughs> signed Ooh, just, just by state rankings. Okay, so these are just the Texas state rankings. The number one offensive tackle in the state of Texas. The number Lifelong one, Texas fan of that. Yes. Yeah, Texas legacies, both of these guys. The number one center in the state of Texas. The number one running back. The number one receiver. The number one quarterback, the number one inside linebacker, and the number three guard in the state of Texas. I don't know what they were doing at guard, but Jeff Banks absolutely raided the entire state this year. And, Jeff and Banks the, needs to make bank. That's all I know. And the hire of Steve Sarkeesian is going to make that tougher to do going forward. So it's, it was really important to retain Jeff Banks and keep him on staff at Alabama where – you're not going to do that every year in Texas. That may never happen again for any that's, program that's just ever. Wild, dude. That might be the single greatest haul by an out-of-state school it's in insane. one recruiting cycle. There's it's, no it's way. Yeah. So what Alabama needs to do going forward with Jeff Banks is not expect to repeat that, obviously, but <laughs> if they can just win a couple of those battles in Texas against the in-state schools, against uh, Jimbo and against Sark, then, then they're still, you know, they're still well off. By the way, Alabama and Texas have a home-and-home home series coming up 2022 and 2023. Well, as, uh, as somebody that lives in Texas and uh, quite knows how things work out here uh, after being here for about four years, uh, I will tell you property taxes aren't as high as what you would think by owning land in the state of Texas. Uh, <laughs> you declared a homestead, and Alabama has owned a home in Texas for quite a while, recruiting or not. Uh, so we're good. We don't have to pay much taxes, Wes, so. Yeah. I would not be shocked if, if Sark kind of already has them competing for at least Big 12 titles by the time the 22 and 23 series, home and home series, rolls around. Uh, I think he establishes them as one of the top 10 or so programs in the country. If Steve nope. Sarkeesian isn't yeah. successful at Texas, I'll be shocked. Yeah, take what Cristobal did in year one and have a, just a slightly slower start. I think that's Sark there, but longer. I think he'll have no problem establishing consistent success, but not success as to what success is compared to where they've been. It's to where they should be. Yes. And uh, I just really hope you, you get the knee-jerk reaction every time they've hired somebody. This guy should get that attention and that reaction this time because he's the one that can actually do it. Yes, so. agreed. All right, moving on. There is also a national championship game, if you haven't heard. Uh, on oh, Monday. Okay. <laughs> I'll be honest. I was not upset to see Ohio State beat Clemson. I don't know uh, how you I, felt about yeah. it. If you had rooting yeah, I was torn, though, because it, it's just, is that game a fluke, or is that game a, a story of more? Well, it wasn't necessarily a matchup thing for me. I've kind of, like, grown tired of the Dabo shtick that oh like a lot of other people have. Yeah, yeah. welcome everybody else onto the Never Dabo train. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look, I'll be honest. I thought him ranking Ohio State 11th. Oh, dude. Like, 
telling the whole world every time he got in front of a microphone how much Ohio State did not deserve to be there, then turning around and getting drummed by them. That's poetic justice. How can anybody not love to see that unless you're a Clemson fan? Yeah, I didn't realize there was as much people thinking that Clemson would actually win as I did. I made easy-ass money by taking Ohio State on the money line. I, I don't know about everyone else, but I mean, uh, I, it thought, was, I thought Clemson was going to win. Oh, really? Okay. Absolutely. Well, yeah. My yeah. apologies. I don't mean to offend, no, but I just no, thought no, it was no, pretty clear that uh, yeah. Ohio State, to me, uh, the way that they actually run their offense, if it, it can get going, their defense is not a question. To me, it was always their offense, uh, consistency. And I feel like that's going to be the thing going into this game. Consistently, can they make this offense click? Well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's see what happens over the middle of the field within 10 yards, and we'll find out. Yeah. To be honest, too, I, I like that Ohio State had all of that motivation kind of drummed up by Dabo. I like that they took all of that personally. I like that they were, they were on that emotional high in that mm. game. You could tell they were because then you can pose the question, can they do that in back-to-back games? Like they, they are very capable of winning this game. Everybody on earth knows that. How they know how talented they are. They may show up Monday and duplicate, duplicate that performance. I don't know. But that in part, not fully, but in part, that kind of felt like their national championship. So, and it has everything to do with Dabo. Buddy, I don't think you could have put it better. That game was their national championship. That's the best way to describe it. They, in a way – they had an Auburn moment. Mm-hmm. That one game yes. against that one team was their entire season. Because they felt uh, disrespected, and they should have felt disrespected because they were. <laughs> and, you know, all of that, that kind of came to a head. I'm going to tell you, I still have a bad taste in my mouth from that very first playoff game ever in history. And I still got ice on my butt. Because I, I'm, I got red butt, I got red ass over here. Pardon the language. I, it hurts. It hurts. I would yeah. love to go out there and beat the hell out of them like a drum. Could it happen? Absolutely. Because I feel like what you just said, it's like a letdown. Because what's going to get them up for this game other than the fact it's a national title? Like that's some little small thing. But what is it? This is Alabama. This is Nick Saban. And this is Sark on the way out with a Heisman winner. Nah. At the end of the day, I ain't worried about nothing. Yeah, we'll see. You may have to wait a little while, though, because apparently there are some COVID issues at Ohio State. There's been talk of maybe having to push the game back, but Greg Byrne did send out a tweet Tuesday afternoon saying, quote, Ohio State AD Gene Smith and I have had multiple conversations. Both schools are focused on playing in the college football playoff championship game on January 11th, end quote. Uh, See a tweet two days after the SEC championship game, I believe is when it was, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, they announced they are expecting these dates to be a candidate for, uh, you know, postponing the game to in the playoffs should COVID be an issue, uh, including the national championship game. They said it could be moved back to this day. Well, I quoted it and said, watch the wreck. And all their power, move that game back just so they can get Jalen Waddle back. <laughs> Well, that's some silver lining. Like, if this gets moved back, is the health of Jalen Waddle, who has, by the way, been cleared to play mm, per, per Aaron Settles. He may play on Monday. Apparently, it is 100%. It's up to him and how he feels leading up to the game. But, look, that could be a big break for Alabama. If they have even a 90% healthy Jalen Waddle, that is massive. Can we not just say it is nice to be rich sometimes because – 
that only came because I knew they had the power and the money to do it. Yeah. You know who, who pushing the game back would be awful for is me. Oh, well, you know, that, <laughs> I need to I'm know by about 8 a.m. on Thursday morning because <clears throat> my flight to Miami for the game leaves then. I guess, like, on the list of people to feel bad for, the people who are getting on flights and going to the national championship during a pandemic are probably very, the, like the very last people on that list. But I would still like, uh, I'd like some answers <laughs> probably by tomorrow at least. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, safe travels to your possible self-own, so yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, I guess it wouldn't be all that bad because I'm not going to miss the game, period. So, if No, I'm, that's true. If I'm in Miami on Friday and they announce it, it gets pushed back on Friday, either I'm staying until they play or I'm coming back when I'm supposed to and I'm going back again. So, <laughs> well, well, so look, so uh, we got, what, seven and a half points, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, Alabama's laying it. Yep. Are you taking it? I don't know, man. I don't feel – I wouldn't feel confident enough to put money on it. No. Are you like me to where you feel like it doesn't matter really about the first half as much as it does going into the fourth quarter? I think that fatigue and that coaching change between half, first half and second half at halftime, what the adjustments they make is yeah. going to tell this tale. Ryan Day, he's ahead of the game as a first-time head coach and making adjustments. I'll give him that all day long. And I will say it's going to be kind of a, a little bit of a uh, Ole Miss Alabama type game that you've had multiple times this decade. You're going to be back and forth. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of cuss words, a lot of firing of somebody into the sun. Um, nothing personal, but hey, yeah, Justin Fields, we're drink Trey Sermon to death on this one. <laughs> yeah, but Justin Fields, Trey Sermon, they both worry me, especially. But uh, look against the Alabama defense, who we've seen struggle some against elite offenses. Overall, I'm, I'm cautious in my optimism, but I am optimistic. And also, I don't know if you remember, we recorded an episode last year when I said, I think it isn't entirely possible that Ohio State, that, that Urban Meyer left Ohio State and Ohio State upgraded. Yeah. I don't know and if you, you remember that. I don't know if yeah. you remember that conversation. Like, at that well, point, it would have been very crazy for anybody to say, Ron Day's better than Urban Meyer. But he might end up being. It absolutely would not shock me. And the reason I say this is because what did Urban Meyer do every single year? Lost to like 80 white dudes from Iowa by 30. You know, he lost games like that he had no business. He's the most Oklahoma head coach material I've ever seen in my life. They lose to who they shouldn't once a year. It was clockwork every year. They lost to somebody they shouldn't, usually in grand fashion. Like, it wasn't even close. Yeah. Ryan Day has not done that. No. To, look, I know this is a shortened season for Ohio State, and maybe he would have if it would have been a full season. But facts are, they, they've played two regular seasons now. He has lost zero of those games. The only game that he's lost at Ohio State has been in the playoffs. He's well, coached two seasons there. He's got them in two playoffs. He's recruiting at the same level, if not a higher level than higher Ohio. level. I yep. would say higher. Yep. He he took what Urban had at Ohio State and he has made it better and more consistent. Period. And he took he took a quarterback that couldn't even start over Jake freaking Fromm <laughs> and <laughs> well, made him into what he is. <laughs> yeah, I think that was more so a Kirby. Uh, that was yeah. I'm not giving him credit for that. The, 
Yeah. Hey, it is funny, though, that Ohio State and Urban Meyer will both be in Florida, but uh, apparently it seems that Urban uh, is not there for medical reasons. He's going to be there to be the Jacksonville Jaguar head coach, maybe. Look, it's a whole lot lot harder to win those games in the NFL. I don't know if if Urban's cut out for that, but we'll see. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, look, safe travels. Enjoy it. All right. This has been the Roll Bama Roll podcast. Roll Tide.